This ripple won't fade. It'll grow and grow until it's a tidal wave. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. Here today to talk to you, can you believe it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4. We picked a winner. It's been three great seasons. Can't wait for this season to kick off. Pete, before we get going, you know I am the leader of the hashtag spoiler pure movement. You get special dispensation for this episode, dear listeners. It's okay. Some of this stuff is already out there. The fire guy on the motorcycle. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit. It's all mostly spoiler free. Yeah, I mean, we'll do the best we can, but uh, obviously the marketing is at the forefront um we we are going to talk about what is coming so you can choose now to to punch out uh we're not going to deal with the direct spoilers from these episodes but obviously um you know if if you don't want to know anything now would be the time to uh veer your flaming motorcycle off to the right colson dies in the first episode what <laughs> Pete, where should we begin as we look ahead to the uh, to the scintillating season four start? Well, obviously, what is garnering the lion's share of attention uh, started with cryptic, uh, you know, bus ads in San Diego, and is now fully aflame everywhere. Is the flaming skeleton skull head of Robbie Reyes, aka the ghost rider definitely an exciting addition it's a little um it's a little different from where the show has been kind of in the kind of spy hydra type stuff yeah we kind of went extraterrestrial last season but still it was kind of um i don't know it was a little bit more a little a little bit more science based but i love to see how they're going to take this character that a fantastic character b one that uh, has not done particularly well at the movies. In fact, Pete, there was a uh, a time. Uh, let's see, after the first Ghost Rider movie came out, where where my wife and I would refer to uh, to an upset tummy as uh, you know, I think I need to to make a a Ghost Rider right now because it, the movie was that bad. Well, therein, Matt, you've hit upon it. Uh, the addition of Ghost Rider, who has previously held down two of his own movies, albeit not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, played by Nicolas Cage, is uh, really the first entree into the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe where we're getting at the mysticism of a character like Doctor Strange by November. So really, you know, though we say it's all connected and lately it's been less connected, it's still connected. And I, I kind of welcome the show pushing the envelope. You think of how many times this show, I don't want to quite say reinv has reinvented itself, but aside from the the show got its legs and then there was the award reveal at the end of the season one, the way in which this show just continues to just take breakneck turns when it comes to storytelling. I mean, part of me wouldn't be surprised, Pete, if we have concluded the Ghost Rider story 100% by, by Thanksgiving, by Christmas, by, by, by New Year's Day, that something like that, where 
I'm not trying to suggest that that thus the the, the preseason uh, buzz isn't worth it, but this could just be one heck of a ten episode arc, and then and then move on to whatever is in store for the spring. Given that they're taking great strides to make this different from the films, he's not going to ride a motorcycle. Instead, he's going to have the car. Um, they have cast the the brother character um, that if you watch. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead you've seen before. Um, And then there's the continuation of the Daisy Quake storyline where we jumped ahead at the very end of last year. How will these two seemingly uh, similar threads be woven together? Well, we're just going to have to see. It's an exciting proposition to be taking another Marvel property, bringing it in clearly, you know, and we've discussed so many times in the past, the, the division, or is it not a division? Is it a healing wound? Is it whatever? But the, this line between Marvel TV and Marvel films, clearly somewhere along the way, Ghost Rider was deemed not a, not a new film property. Um, so, Hey, it's a character that's, that the show can use. Why not use it? It it, it makes sense here. Um, certainly more than, you know, show up and be fifth wheel, no pun intended, on maybe some of the Netflix shows that are a little bit uh, differently uh, oriented in terms of their longer uh, storytelling and all of that. So it makes sense to just be a, an X factor and be something new and something different. Well, look at the track record of Marvel TV rehabilitating, if you will, broken cinematic superheroes Daredevil, The Punisher ghost rider now some are saying well if you're going to do ghost rider you know it's a harder property in terms of uh content you know why aren't you doing that on netflix it's a fair criticism but at the same time are are we going to get a long drawn out story i don't think that's necessarily the way they're planning on going here but you reinvigorate uh agents of shield again in in this fourth season, another iteration of it. Um, and you see where it takes you. I think too, the, the challenges that come with, uh, the constraints of broadcast TV that can work towards a story at times. Um, you can still have ghost rider doing all sorts of violent, violent things. It could just be violence off camera. So, you know, the, the, the sound of a head, you know, being squished or smashed or whatever, you know, I mean, we all want to see the great special effect and the ooey gooey thing, but to have it happen off screen, that that can be just as shocking. You know, um, I don't know to what degree the show has embraced the new 10 p.m. time slot in terms of uh, content or versus not wanting to to change the formula too much. But I think of say some of the bedroom scenes in Jessica Jones. You could do that in Shield just without showing it. I mean, do we think that uh, do we think that uh, Coulson and uh, Rosalind Price didn't uh, didn't get as hot and heavy? Sure, they did. They just didn't show it to us. And then they shot her. There's that too. So I I, I think this is this is a character that I was going to say jumpstart, but that suggests that there was something wrong with last season, which the, which there wasn't, but. Shows stay on TV by staying ahead of staleness. By by you know they don't need to be bad then be good again. Shows stay great by constantly looking to maintain greatness, and this is a whole new ingredient in the mix. 
you know, they've they've dealt with the inhuman threat. They dealt with aliens. This could be a little bit of both. It's grittier. It allows them to explore that 10 o'clock time slot. This is a good thing. And I think it's worth mentioning, too, for all you ratings watchers out there, the metric to be concerned about is not as much, oh, is there a drop in the 10 o'clock slot? It's, is S.H.I.E.L.D. at 10 o'clock doing better Tuesdays at 10 than the six shows in the last three years that have been in that time slot before? You can see S.H.I.E.L.D. as being led to the slaughter here. I think that's that's a, a less nuanced take, regardless of what happens for, for a fifth season. Can it hold the, 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 the tide? Can it hold its own at the 10 o'clock time slot? Then when you factor in live plus three and live plus seven and downloads and all of that, um, it, this could be good for the show. A slight tweak in content um, and, and a different role on ABC, but an important role nonetheless in terms of what it needs to bring to the table to the, to the seven-day uh, schedule. So it's an exciting, it's an exciting time for the show. It is, and while we have the big attention-grabbing headline of Ghost Rider and the, the prominent featuring in the promotion, there's what came before, and John Hanna as uh, Dr. Radcliffe that uh, got a lot of people's attention towards the end of last season, and then again when we jumped forward and looked an awful lot like uh, he was working with a uh, life model decoy there. It is so exciting that he will be back. Um, he just brought, again, speaking of kind of X factors, he brought a different energy to the show that there had not been. And the notion that that he has returned as S.H.I.E.L.D. is being reorganized, and we'll talk about the new S.H.I.E.L.D. director in a little bit, the fact that he's in the mix, it's it's wonderful, wonderful news. Um uh, Pete, you know, I stay away from the spoilers. I, I, I know in the uh, for the season four artwork, it features uh, our core bunch of characters. Um, uh, he's not shown there. I think that's probably just due deference to uh, to the characters who have been on the show as long as they have been. But part of me is almost hoping, oh, no, I hope this isn't some like, you know, you get to be Janet Lee. We get to kill you off halfway through, and <laughs> Lucy you know, Lawless, and, and Lucy Lawless, and so on and so on. Like, I please don't let it be that. Sign this guy up to be recurring for you know, fifteen episodes over twenty two, or just have him have him be part of the be part of the cast. Fingers crossed, because he is so funny. He's he's has just such a presence on screen. John Hanna does. And, you know, really fell in with this group, particularly uh, Fitz and Simmons um, late last season when he started showing up. But that there's been this mentorship that has occurred between them and he's working on these projects um, and being able to see the progress that they've done since this jump in time forward is going to be really, really uh, satisfying. Particularly as well with with the smarts that the character of Dr. Radcliffe, uh, the smarts that are brought to the table there. You know, yes, the whole Colson's life model decoy, that was the popular theory way back when. To circle around possibly to life model decoys again, um, you know, the show was at a slightly more uh, fantastic, by which I mean, you know, kind of fantasy, kind of science fiction 
uh, place than it was in the first season where it was definitely like, you know, X-Men meet Men in Black um, to have some of that more out there stuff, you know, talking robots and all of that. I mean, my goodness, we see it in the films, right? So I, I just continue to have this sense of excitement over the mothership of it all that continues to be perhaps not the most uh gritty in terms of discussing society or or talking about larger issues but to show that at the end of the day is a comic book on tv and is about rip-roaring exciting stories that you can have a ton of fun with and that's just the thing they could have begun marvel tv with any of these properties this was the one that could be so many different things and to have this six month gap between um, what tied up seemingly the previous storylines with the Inhumans and everything else. And now we've jumped ahead. Uh, Quake uh, is wanted. Uh, Coulson is answering to other people. And our characters have moved on to new projects and, and new relationships. This is a way that you keep it fresh new projects, new relationships, and of course the new director. Even I, Pete, averting my eyes to, to any Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, I couldn't help but see that Jason O'Mara was, uh, was cast as the new director, at least to my eyes, still unnamed. Um, I, and I feel like he's, I mean, he's, he's a good actor. I, 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 I can't help but remember him as the guy from Terrible Nova. Um, <laughs> you but, you, you know took what? the words out of my mouth. <laughs> We all have we all have a black mark next to our name here and there, but I mean I, I have no problem with his casting. Yeah, and he's exactly the type of guy that you would have figured if you were going to make a short list. All right, who who's Coulson answering to? Um, you know, you you might have gone with a woman in this role, uh, but then so close to to what happened with uh, Rosalind Price and. Uh, the idea there was a relationship there and everything. He's like the perfect guy that doesn't need to be as included, but can still play this kind of heavy. He's done these action uh, drama roles before. He he brings a, a medium level of, of gravitas and uh, is what it needs to be. He, too, is an exciting addition. I mean, obviously, much more uh, mystery surrounding the character and all that. But we've spoken before how it seems sometimes the show, how do I put this, goes to get, goes to get uh, men of a certain age who can square off with, uh, with Clark Gregg. Um, Jason O'Mara, nine or ten years younger than Clark Gregg, but I think somebody who, who has that kind of, um, I don't know, Hollywood square jaw, uh, I won't go quite as far as say matinee idol, but that kind of, you know, that kind of every man tough man, man in charge type type person that that um, <laughs> we can root against when we're rooting for Coulson. Yeah, and I think that's very much the idea. couple years younger, um, and Coulson presents, you know, look where Coulson is as a character now with the detachable hand and having been resurrected and everything. What a, what a story he's had over three seasons and it it's kind of become their trope where he's constantly how many new people has he answered to at this point um and he just keeps outlasting all of them 
So in the middle of this hunt for the, the fallen agent in, in Daisy Johnson, the, the out of control inhuman, all right, he's got an answer to a, to a new guy, I'm sure. We'll not just be calling the shots. He'll probably be jumping in on some missions. Certainly exciting times indeed. Pete, we talked about the new director. A, a, a programming note, a new podcast time for us. Uh, because, of course, quality for the podcast is always number one. Uh, we're going to we're gonna tweak things slightly with when the Season 4 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast comes out. Instead of it being in the, in the wee hours of, uh, of Tuesday nights, it'll be, it'll be Wednesday, Wednesday early evening-ish. Uh, we want to be able to uh, you know, still be functioning people out in the non-podcasting world come Wednesday morning. And, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, it's all about that, that quality being number one for you, the listener. It was not a decision made lightly. Um, and we very strongly believe that uh, as the number one uh, official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and especially with the mothership here at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, that being first to the post with our analysis for our fervent and uh, really anxious listeners to hear what we have to say is important. We're just going to back that up a little bit so that we have uh, rest to do all the other things that we do in our lives. And you know what? We can turn uh, we can turn lemons into lemonade here. It's a greater opportunity to hear more fan feedback. Mm-hmm. The way it's been in the past is basically you figure 35 or 40 minutes after the episode has ended. If you haven't gotten your email in or you haven't gotten your tweet in, that's probably when we're starting to look at mailbag stuff. Um, at least that's the way it's been these, these past three seasons. So now you'll have, you know, uh, what about 18 hours or so. So you can wake up the next morning, you can chew over some stuff, shoot us an email midday and, uh, and, uh, we can hear more of you on the podcast. We promise we will still be there for you and we'll be for there for you, uh, as quickly, if not quicker than anybody else. Pete, let's keep talking new stuff. It's funny how the world circles around. Pete, the first podcast you and I did, it was about Alcatraz, who co-starred Parminder Negra, and uh, here she is on S.H.I.E.L.D. in some sort of capacity. I don't even know anything beyond that. Uh, I can can give you a little bit. She will be an anti-inhuman politician, so we've not completely abandoned that idea that uh, inhumans and, you know, the fallout from the Sokovia Accords and everything like that as, as it affects the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, that's what they're saying at this point. Wow. And obviously, with the titles of the, the first two episodes out there in the ether, the first being simply The Ghost and the second, the 68th hour in uh, the series so far, meet the new boss that uh, obviously shakeups and dealing with new threats and Hey, what's, what's another an anti-inhuman politician, um, you know, for our intrepid group at this point. I do have to take some exception with the title for episode three entitled funeral for a friend, colon Phil Coulson dies in this episode. (laughs) I I thought that was a little, a little too much on the nose. I think it's since been changed. Oh, I'm relieved. Pete, we conclude our season four preview with uh, w- with a note 
of of anticipated sadness all indications from preseason buzz to checking out social media and other projects going on it seems like no not just grant ward but it, it appears no brett dalton in this season it does appear that way matt but if if you look at the tea leaves it was a less than ceremonious send-off. Hmm. True. I, as we've said many, many times before, you know, we had concerns with what they could do with the Ward character past a certain point. And indeed, we saw midway last season the death of the Ward character and then the, uh, the Hydra God um, uh, being played by Brett Dalton. If if they've hidden him away, if he still is in the show, if they're if they're uh, biding their time for him to make some sort of uh, some sort of uh, you know miraculous return, actor or character, um, let me put it this way: certainly his Instagram doesn't suggest that because I kind of get the feeling he's out doing other projects at this point. So we certainly want Brett Dalton to be back. Um, obviously, the 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 sci-fi aspect gives a few venues to allow that, but uh, I think we could definitively say with all these episodes in which Grant Ward has been dead, there's definitely no more Ward. Ward, no, but uh, who who was Grant Ward anyway, Matt? And, you know, if we're going to open up the idea that somebody's likeness now could be used in a uh, biotech uh, situation as is speculated with these life model decoys or any other acronyms we're going to throw out there. You know, there's some, some other castings flying under the radar. Well, you know what? That's the beauty of this genre is that you're never really dead. You're never really out of it. I mean, come on. Phil Coulson was dead, Matt. And you know what? You hit on something that is all but literally baked into this show's DNA, which is while there are shows in general, let alone the Marvel shows, that are a little bit more serious and a little bit more kind of committed to reality, except radar vision, reality, except she's super powered, that, that sort of thing. This is a show that can exist on the edge where I don't want to quite say everything is possible because that's just poor storytelling, but so much is possible to go in zany, fantastic directions. And, and you'll allow it where I'd rather have Brett Dalton back in some capacity than, um, than kind of commit to the, you know, commit to the actor, to the, to, to, to the, the grave of uh, no more listings on the call sheet. Yeah. And again, it, it's part of the benefit of the world that we are watching, that they are creating, um, and that they knew this is the only season to this point that they knew they would be coming back and that gave them greater lead time to develop their story. And who's to say, Matt, what kind of things they have in store. The future is certainly bright and we want to take an opportunity to thank all our supporters on patreon.com slash fantastic geek, continuing to keep not just the future bright and the fantastic geek wheels a move in, but uh, to keep our whole back catalog up there on the, the internets is, is, so uh, thank you one and all. Yes, especially uh, Mary Kirk, who is a tremendous friend to the Fantastic Geek family of podcasts at the level 
that she donates. So head yourself over to patreon.com forward slash fantastic geek. Take a look at some of the perks and incentives we have available for you. And again, we are super grateful uh, for those that even consider it, let alone donate. Well, Pete, speaking of the Fantastic Geek family of podcasts, September isn't just Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. time. We, of course, at the end of the month, have Luke Cage coming uh, not only to the uh, to the world of TV, but to our podcast world. It is the most different to this point of the uh, Marvel TV shows. Um, Matt, through the seven episodes I have seen, it might be my new favorite. Wow, that is... Uh... That is high praise indeed, and certainly each of these shows lives in the uh, in the shadow of the one that came before it. I think tops for me so far remains uh, that first season of Jessica Jones, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what Luke Cage can do. I'm I'm very very excited for the show. Really glad that we can get a different perspective on on New York, on the superhero story, and just different stories in general. So it's exciting times to be uh, podcasting Marvel. We will be bringing you uh, Luke Cage once it all drops uh, the entire season on uh, Netflix beginning September 30th. We will update you with that schedule as we go. So at least for the early part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. season concurrent, we're going to be doing uh, S.H.I.E.L.D.s on Wednesday and we'll be getting you know, Luke Cage's a couple times a week throughout. So plenty of content, Marvel Cinematic Universe TV coming at you. Oh, yeah. And then there's New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah. And then there's Doctor Strange. So we're going to have plenty for you. And I uh, hope you're ready for it. It's, it's an exciting time to be, uh, to be joining the conversation and to be, uh, to be watching these shows, watching these movies. So very, very, uh, very, very glad to be along with our listeners on this one. Well, Pete, as we start to wrap things up, how can people be in touch with you? You can ghost ride all the way over to Twitter and find me at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, -E -E 8,324 followers. Can't be wrong. That was a dramatic pause there. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in so many ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That is Fantastic with the PH. You can find us under that name on the .com, the Gmail, the Instagram, the Twitter. Pete, is there more? Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek. Uh, like it today and you will be in touch with us on everything we do, whether it's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., whether it is Luke Cage, whether it's this other thing that's coming in January, Star Trek Discovery. If it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or if it's Star Trek Discovery, or if geeks are watching it, we're on top of it. And of course, anticipating the day that uh, Disney buys Star Trek and we get Kirk versus Thanos. It's, it's the way it should be. Let's just face it. Well, Pete, with that, I will say goodbye until next we uh, live tweet and then podcast Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I will leave you, Pete, with the final word. Don't ride the whip. Oh.